the next thing to talk about is now where you shoot those at, at and match availability uh, or slot availability, I should say, like carry optics nationals. Um, everybody east of the Mississippi wanted in on that match and, you know, shut down the internet, totally shut down the internet. It, uh, and there were seven, as I understand it, there were 700 people who signed up for that match. 511 got in 500 showed up. Um, what do you got? What I've been thinking a, a lot about, uh, with the world shoot just having happened last year, I don't, would it be beneficial to the org? I know they had nine days of nationals. That to me seems like an inordinate amount of time to try to hold a national level match. But what if you did a four or five day nationals in a world shoot format? So you there may be one day in there where you don't shoot, but you get a lot more people in. Maybe you do a lot more divisions and then have one big event. Do you think there's one arranged that can manage that? And do we still yeah. accommodate, are we still able to accommodate all the people that want to shoot? I think you'll you'll max out at some point. Uh, Jake's already said that they're going to have a 40 carry optics nationals next year. 600 but is that, match slots. Okay. So is that four days of shooting or three yeah. days over a four day period? Four days of shooting. There's no break day. Everybody's shooting every day. Okay. All, all they do is basically expand it by six stops morning, afternoon. So six times 12 and two, they gain 144 people in it. Okay. So right now they had, right now they had 18. So let's just go up to 24. So 18 times 12 times two, they had 432 main match slots. They're going to add 144 to that. Okay. So 576 main match slots next year or for a four day of nationals. That's not counting staff. They'll have probably 50 to 80 staff that shoot it. During the staff days. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's a pretty hefty, pretty hefty number. I know when they opened up limited optics for iron sites, it filled up. Now there's, now there's actually a wait list. Yeah. Um, but it, it, what, as I understand it, and I could be wrong, but I kind of feel like they opened it up to limited optics to allow them to shoot a nationals and to fill up that nationals, so, which, it, which it worked. Like I have a hard time getting on them about that. It was open forever. Yeah. There were spots that weren't filled. It was open during like regular open registration and slots weren't for a filled. while. It's, it's kind of one of the, the single handed things that the org has done like fiscally responsible is like fill up the match. Like the costs are going to be the same and they filled up the match with more paid entries. Yeah. A couple of sponsor slots went in there, but still like they filled it up. 
mm-hmm. you're going to have the sponsor slots no matter what, no matter what match you're in, unless you just refuse them. People will still reach out. It doesn't matter. Uh, it, they had, they're going to have the cost. So like if they added what they added, what 70 or so entries. So like an yeah, extra $30,000. Yeah. I don't know that. the number, but yeah, I have no issue with it either. That would have just come straight off of like added to the loss for that match if they didn't sell those. Yes. I'm still going to call it Iron Sight Nationals just to me- just because this year and next year. Jake's already said that he's going to duplicate this again next year. So seeing duplicate. how many limited the Iron What's he- well, the Handgun Nationals. Okay. He, he It's basically going to be the exact same format as this year. CO standalone, open PCC, and then handgun nationals are all iron sights in LO. Okay. He said this on a Hunter's HD Gold thing. So I'm not, he's not telling me this. He said it publicly. I got you. Interesting. Okay. Huh. So if you if you want to shoot iron sights, you probably better be on it because a lot of the LO shooters are getting. I, I bet that one sells out again for sure. Uh, it will one hundred percent. I would, yeah. you know, I I doubt this would happen, but you know, I it would be nice to give priority registration, like however you could do that to the irons divisions. Um, and then I don't know if you have like a, a set amount of time uh, when it's just you're just allowing iron shooters to register and then you open it up to the provisional division. To me, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, if not, yeah, sign up because uh, otherwise it'll just turn into to CO Nationals, the sequel, you know? Yeah. And and why couldn't you just make it public that? You know, if you're an iron sight shooter, these are these are the slots that will be available for when it hits open registration for 30 days. If you shoot an irons gun and you want to sign up, you have 30 days. Yeah. But but at the end of July, come August one, we're opening it up to limited optics as well. So if you don't sign up between July one and August one, you may not be getting in. Yeah. Well, Well, I'd just sign up as an Ironside division and then switch if I was going to do that. Well, I would fire you. Well, (laughs) like (laughs) this sport is like, that would get game pretty bad, I think. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Maybe just help out your local club or section and try to get a slot that way, depending or perform it one of the ways to get performance slots. Hmm. That's another option. But yeah, nationals in general... I think, you know, I, yeah, I would love it that I don't think we should should gatekeep nationals by classification or, you know, who's who or anything like that. Any member in good standing, I think, should should have a shot like anyone else to, to shoot nationals. Uh, however, I think it's it's a reality in the, in the case of CO specifically, like not everyone who wanted to shoot that match was able to shoot that match. That's a shame, but you know, ultimately there's, there's not much we can do about that. You know, you have 
physical limits on, on the range and the number of stage, stages you've selected, that's going to put a hard cap on how many, how many customers we can accommodate. Um, you know, ultimately the, the primary goal of nationals is to determine the national champion. And we're always going to be able to accomplish that. Uh, anything else is just, you know, the icing on the cake, the way I look at it. Uh, it'd be nice if everyone, and in accepting CEO, I think that is the case. Pretty much anyone who wants to shoot a nationals can. Um, it's been that way as long as I've been shooting. Um, I think CEO is, is a bit of an outlier. Um, and it probably makes sense to have a standalone CO nationals. It's the, it's the biggest, uh, division. It's, it's, it's the most, uh, participation by far. So that probably makes sense. But for the other divisions, I think an integrated nationals would be good. Um, for one, uh, we have this whole financial situation going on with the organization. I think if we can minimize the number of nationals, you know, I, I, I have to imagine that the more nationals you run, uh, the more money you lose, uh, or at least the, the more expenses you incur. Uh, right. So I think at least for the foreseeable future, um, unless, you know, the, the financials turn around unexpectedly, I think it would make a lot of sense. And it may just be the case that that's one of the hard decisions that we have to make in tightening the belts, um, that we may create a scenario where fewer people are able to shoot a nationals. And, you know, that's, that's a trade-off that I think should be considered. Okay. Yeah. There's, yeah, I don't, I don't see how we're ever going to be able to accommodate every single shooter that would like to shoot. You know, some people are just not going to get in. My thought with, since world shoot was they had well over a thousand competitors shooting four days. Five, five, over a, the, oh, five, sorry, shoot, five, five out of six days over days. six. Yeah. Right. So five days over six, you had well over a thousand. So my thought was, well, what if we did like a, a four day format with carry optics nationals? And one of those four days you did not shoot. Like I won't, we won't comment on that. Um, but, but um, my point was that you could keep the same number of stages you were planning, but now you have a whole day extra of shooters how does that help with the bottom line where you're not losing money now? You have a lot more shooters, a lot more income to help offset whatever the costs are. So that's where I was trying to go with my mind was why can't we formulate something similar to where you, you can run a format like that, have a lot more shooters, same number of stages and, and not be in the red or at least minimal. But I'm so not here's a, something. Ipsic World Shoot has 16 per squad. They have RO staff reset. I think the days are longer, but um, I was only there like half days, so I don't know. Like it started like you were shooting at seven, and I think you were done shooting by noon. That's that's the kind of plan, and then like one to six, so five hour shooting day. They get more shooters through that. So if if 
like let's just run the numbers with the same nationals, same three day nationals or a four day. Let's which one do you want to use? Uh, four day. Let's do a four day. With so three shooting. Twelve people is four thirty two in the main match. If you jump that up to sixteen, that's sixteen times eighteen times two five seventy six. So if you increase the squad by four, you get the same number in a four day nationals that next year that we had. You could have it in three days. Now would that so take I more staff? Probably. To do a staff reset, I, like there's a lot of talk between people that like RO a lot uh, matches and travel around. Like they won't read, they won't ever participate in another staff reset match. There's a lot of people that like it though and, and want to do it. So maybe, maybe float it out there and say that yeah, we're gonna add a hundred dollars entry fee. It'll be a staff reset. I still don't think they'd break even on the match, but it'd be closer. But with the added people in the match, it, it would be interesting to see the run those numbers. Well, I mean, could we do? Could they just do something different and have a couple of paster guns on on every stage so that at least the people who are pasting will be able to paste faster and get the stage reset sooner, and maybe just have staff do the steal and whatever moving targets you might have, and the other the competitors can quickly pace the rest. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's more of a culture thing at that level. Okay. Like over here in the southeast, the the expectation is if you work a match, you're going to reset for the staff competitors. I've heard like from numerous posts, I made a post like should it be staff reset with the x amount? Would it be should it be no staff reset with x amount? Like it was pretty like you were either for or against like one side or the other one, like a mix in the middle. Hmm. Okay. All right. There's ways to do it. It would just make the days longer for the ROs. I, and they have like a set, like they're trying to turn a shooter every like two and a half minutes. And that's what they plan on. You can almost guarantee that based on stage design. And if you had staff reset, It would just take someone wanting to do it to do it at a higher level. Like Ipsic does it. You you wouldn't be able to like pay the forced slavery type of wages that some of these countries have. <laughs> right. Forced slavery could be like very low income people that can help or school kids or people that are like in the military and have no choice. They have to be out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's that wouldn't happen. So <laughs> depends on where you had it and who was behind it, right? It, yeah. So if you got some high up guy that had a bunch of people under his command, you could, I don't know. I haven't been in. Is that possible? Could they ask them to do that for a week? No, no, that wouldn't happen. Really? No. Yep. Oh, okay. No, even um, like we would have matches, rifle matches, uh, where I was at at Quantico and you know, they, you could go and work the match and make money, but there was no voluntold. So unless it was a military run match, 
you know, then they can say, you three are working the match today because we need people. You know, there's no okay. other way to, that would work okay. that way. Well, I need a, the, the other part of this is there's there's a lot of pipe dreaming that, that goes <laughs> on out there in the USPSA universe, you know, staff reset nationals, you know, being on TV, all this stuff. And I just, I don't say a lot most of the time, but what I think is, you should be careful what you wish for uh, because money creates its own problems. And uh, this is expensive enough as it is, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm keenly, it's not insignificant to me to do this. I mean, financially, like it's part of the budget and I enjoy it. I get, more out of it than I put into it. So I still do it. But, you know, as our, our organization demographics probably skew more towards, you know, got some free time and I've got some money. Um, but that's not the case for everybody. And one thing I love about this is, is that it is an every man sport. It's why, you know, Joe Blow B class can shoot the same match with, you know, guys they see on YouTube, like national world champions. I think that's one of the unique and, and awesome things about what we do. So we rub shoulders with the very highest echelon shooters in the world. And I don't know. I, I think it should be a, a priority and a prerogative of the organization in to the extent they can keeping – uh, cost manageable and you know you see polls like that all the time you know would you pay you know x amount more for this that and the other and everyone's like oh hell yeah i'd pay that you know that's a bargain I'm like well for you um it's not the case for everybody it might be the difference between someone shooting and not shooting so you know to the extent we can i think we should be mindful of that and try to keep you know cost manageable that's one thing that it this irritated me like like nothing else is when they built in the cost of the match jersey at this year's nationals tell me who does that benefit if i want making an option where if i want the match shirt that i can purchase it but right. tell me how does who does that benefit first of all and how does that benefit the shooter to make that mandatory where built into your registration cost X dollars out of your $325 match registration is not optional for something that you don't want, or maybe you do want, but you didn't have the option. It's just built in. I would have opted out and saved myself the money. So I, that's my question is who who's benefiting from this. Uh, it's not interesting. the shooter. I didn't even know. It's not the shooters. Right. 100% agree with that. It's it. Yeah, I do too. We can all speculate on who's benefiting from it, but it was basically like a $30 increase for the shirt. Nothing else changed with the match or anything. Hmm. I just want, I don't care. To, I mean, I, I like, I like uh, staff reset from uh, both the competitor, most of the staff reset matches that I shoot. I'm also working. I like it from 
the the RO perspective and the shooter perspective, like for for state level level two matches when it's coupled with half day format, I think it makes a lot of sense when coupled with half day. I think it makes a lot less sense for all day matches like we're talking about for nationals. And I don't care. Like, give me good stages and good competition for my nationals and a sufficient number of stages. I'm golden. You don't have to. You don't have to pace my targets for me. I'll do that. Like that seems like a fair trade. Just give me some good stages to shoot, good competition, and we're in business. Okay. Now the competition thing makes me wonder. When you say that, like, are you just saying you want to shoot against the likes of JJ, Max, Nils, or because there's a, I mean, what was it? Not last year, but the year, was it? uh, Yeah, last year where Nils won four national championships. So you have one guy moving around to different divisions, or would you rather see more of the, like, Ben Steger, who stayed in production. Now, he shot limited a couple of times, but for the most part, he stayed in production, and that was his division. Would you rather see people stay in a certain division or bouncing around like like some do? Well, I I don't care, you know, who shoots what. You know that that's everyone's individual decision. I mean, I I want enough competitors. I mean, I would prefer it for production nationals if everybody everybody just shot production of course like selfishly but that is uh you bringing that up is good because it's one thing i don't like about everything having their their separate nationals or or these goofy um combinations of divisions for nationals Mm -hmm. it's one reason why i would be in favor of a a combined or a more integrated national structure is because what we have is you know it's it's the same four or five six seven shooters Um, they're going to shoot every nationals and they're you know going to get as many bites as at, at the national championship as it can i don't fault them for that uh i would do the same thing if i were you know, if my paycheck depended on shooting for a living, but I think right. from like a competitive standpoint, uh, broadly speaking, I think it's more interesting when you have greater variety in who wins what, like you have more competition, uh, for the national championship, you know, um, it seems like, um, you know, you have the same names winning over and over and over. Um, I'd be in favor of, you know, you show up, you pick your division. That's your shot at it this year. You know, heads up. Let's just go. Yeah. So then not to rehash what we just talked about. So then, and I agree with that comment. I, I don't have an issue with people bouncing around, but at the same time, it'd be, nice if people actually specialized in certain things mm-hmm. um and you go back to like a world shoot format six days five days you shoot all divisions one time big award ceremony at the end now you've got what you're saying yeah well what's and, and Mill's you... going to shoot what's jacob's going to shoot what's yeah. christian going to shoot yeah 
which is which would probably be fun in itself like you know yeah the, the like the game within the game like who's going against who like strategic <laughs> yeah. moves um yeah and it, you know it goes back to again who benefits and again i sound like a broken record i don't fault pro shooters for doing what they do that's what Nor they're supposed I. to do but you know that's those are the only people that this scheme benefits is that of course you want to be able to go for, you know, four national, four or five national championships within the same calendar year. You want to add that to your resume. You want to be able to go back to your employer and say, this is what happened. And I did it with, you know, this your gun, gun, your gun. Yeah. Um, to me, it's more interesting if, you know, you get one shot at it uh, and everyone's going to, pick their divisions, you know, play that strategy game, um, specialize on that, that particular gun or that particular thing for the year. And then it's all on the line, one match. Yeah. Now, and this, I like this, that. This presupposes that like this national is going to be, it's probably going to be a higher round count than what we, you know, I would say like minimum 24 round, it's going to be super high quality. It's going to be challenging. It's going to test all the, all the requisite skills. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that would be the trade is like, instead of having three or four different championships, we're going to have, you know, one or two and it's going to be a higher quality and probably a bigger match. Yeah. And, and uh, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to add some USPSA administration to this. You have a lot of the BOD come to every national championship and they have meetings, you know, member meetings and stuff like that. I mean, how easy would it be to do it now where you have one big one, you can bring in the board for one match. You can do your member meeting there. You can have one massive celebration at the end and and everybody see you next year yeah i i think it would be more meaningful in that regard and and it'd be a lot more meaningful in in all those different aspects because you know right now i i haven't been but my understanding and from talking to people who go like the the member meetings that occur at nationals are largely a joke like either no one shows up or you know the people who do show up you know don't ask serious questions um so it just it just turns out to you be a, you have uh, the right take on it honestly yeah yeah it for most so i'd say 90 percent of the people are either hq bod or staff for the match and then there's 10 percent of the people that just show up um like not a lot so happens in them. So it's like a lodge meeting. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm looking at at the national champions, um, and like single stack over the last seven years, there's only been three, three different national champions. Nils has been well. Yeah, Nils has been national champ four times. Rob twice. And Jacob once. And that's it. So it'd be it would be interesting if if you had a combined to see what divisions they chose. Like you said, Tyler, who is you know facing who 
and, and how it all breaks down. But I, I do think though, I mean, by Nils doing that last year, you know, he broke down the myth that you have to, you have to shoot major power factor to win limited. Um, you know, he did it with minor power factor, minor power factor scoring, and he was able to win uh, limited nationals. That was very impressive. So it does go to show, I think that also tore down the myth that, oh, a, 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 an SAO gun is unfair in carry optics or, you know, a 2011 style gun yeah. in carry optics is an unfair advantage. Well, no, if Nils can go into limited with a minor gun and win, then it doesn't matter what your trigger is and carry. I optics. think the advantages are different than just major minor. I think the guns have more options available to customize to your personal preference. The only one that would even be close to that, like a 2011, would be a clock. Just like CZs have oh, one option. Yeah, like Magwell's mm. choices. Okay. There, there's probably 20 different Magwell choices for 2011. You'll be lucky if you get one or two for most of the other guns, and maybe Glock has five or True. ten. And I think there's advantages over it. I think the weight is a big one. I think the guns, like the gun was designed for that. Everything else is really designed from something else. Okay. And everybody says, brings the Nils thing up. Like how would he have done with a major gun that he would, that he had been shooting for years and not just switch back to it and shooting major, like would he have been 10% above him then? Like, right. Ask that also. Like he barely a, won, but he was at a severe disadvantage just basically. Right, yeah. It, minimum 5% difference on points, probably more like eight to 10. Yeah. Just shooting the same time that he did the same score. Now add in major power yeah. factor. That's crazy. Uh, scoring. I mean, major scoring. Now, I wrote down world shoot matches and now I've totally lost my train of thought is where I was going with that. But um, let's talk elections real quick. Nothing too political. Just um, I'm excited that we're the elections are starting in less than a week and we should be done with them for a while. I feel like the presidential elections have been going on for two years now. Longer like every that, time I turn been? around, <laughs> it's like every time I turn around, I feel like we're we're talking about it or debating it or or something. So I mean, it's done great for me and my podcast, <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, it's like, okay, when are we going to finish this? <laughs> so, are you guys excited as I am? I'm excited. Yeah, I think it's good. Okay. I I hope there's not a lot of. Um, trying to think how to politically say this um what nepotism maybe that's the right word for this okay of the board members that were existing before like all these changes like the right. two previous and i guess there's three previous right mel but he kind of jumped right into the boc train onto that hitched his right on that pretty quickly uh, yeah, so Scott and Frank are on there, and then we'll get three new people 
uh, Russell's on there, and then we'll have either any of the other candidates that get on. Right. So, I I mean, that's going to change the dynamic. 100% it will, yeah. So, yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting. So I'm curious to see how that all plays out. Um, I I agree. I, I like. I don't even want you know. I I would like to see eight people not aligned and come together and figure things out. You know, so I'm I'm hoping that there's a lot of independent thought on the board and think they can hash new figure things out going forward i i think it would be a healthy sign to have a independent people who didn't figure things out like even if it came to to gridlock they couldn't get uh couldn't get aligned on something or or couldn't find agreement on something uh you know that's that would be a far healthier sign than what we've lived through the last several years which is everything's unanimous boom 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 you know everything right total alignment you know we've discussed this and the board is a unified front like to me that's unhealthy like there's something definitely wrong with what's happening inside board meetings um you've either got a strong man in there who's just running roughshod over everyone else or I don't know, but I think I see this election cycle as, as yet another opportunity to kind of enhance the uh, the opposition party for for lack of a better <laughs> yeah. descriptive like term. It. But uh, yeah, yeah, we need an opposition party. Bring um, more balance. We we need that opposition party. We need the dissenting voices in the room, and you know I'm thankful for for Scott and Frank who have done that but you know it's it's hard for them you know it's hard for two guys um, sure to make that change so i'm just i'm i remain hopeful um that the cycle we just keep building um we put some more dissenting voices some some rational voices on the board um to <laughs> to uh I don't know, but put the brakes on at to least. To counteract the strong personalities that yeah. are in there now. All right. So I want to go to something that um, for me has been a, a re- well, not a recent, I guess over about the last year, I've been looking at the area map. You guys see that okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when every time I look at this, it drives me crazy. And it may just mean my OCD um, where everything west of Texas just doesn't seem right. And area three, I mean, looks huge. Maybe that's because of the population. So they, but I, I was looking at this and I'm like, if you live in Northern California, so you're area two. And they decide to hold, even if you're going to Arizona, that's a pretty good distance away. But if they have the decide to have the match in Albuquerque, as I like to call it, um, you're basically traveling through two states not in your area to get back into your area to shoot a match again. I almost feel like 
maybe we need to realign some of these areas because literally you have Nevada and Alaska in the same area. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. It's already, I did some numbers. So from, uh, where are you at here? Las Vegas to Billings is 14 and a half hours. If you're driving 14 hours, it's, it's like 900 miles. If you go from Sacramento to Albuquerque, you cross through two states, not in your area, and it's 16 and a half hours and 1,080 miles. I'm like, ah, that seems a little extreme to me. <laughs> I mean, and I looked at it like this. If I'm looking at Vegas and I'm driving all the way up to Billings and then I compare it to the East Coast, I'm like driving from Charlotte or further south, North Carolina, maybe the border with South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, up into New Hampshire, maybe Maine. I mean, that would be the equivalent. I mean, that's yeah, crazy. So Columbia to Kansas city is 16 hours. So, okay. That's so a pretty all good the way over there. to here. Yeah. Right. The Missouri, Kansas border there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's halfway across the country. Yeah. So I almost feel like, and I was looking, what's a, you Miami guys are to Knoxville. I wonder. Well, I don't know, but I do have this. How about Memphis to Frostproof? All right, yeah. we'll just do that one. Uh, 13 hours drive time. So I don't know what Knoxville would be because Knoxville's uh, on the eastern end there um, going down to Miami. But I can tell you in just a second because I still have it up. Knoxville, I like that area. Just north of Knoxville is the greatest pizza joint ever. Big Ed's Pizza. Really? Yeah. My wife's from New York, and she's like, yeah, best pizza ever. Well, that's high praise. Yeah. 12 hours. Because uh, I kept – I kept. Yeah. what do you have, 12 hours? 12.42. Yeah, I've got 12.38. Yeah. Yep. And 876 miles. Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. Now, I'm not sure, you know, I've been looking at them and, I, and Texas throws a whole widget in there just because it's so huge. Um, but I do feel like there's a better way to realign these. Now, the issue you run out into is we can realign them and keep the same number of areas. You're still going to have big chunks. I almost feel like you'd have to add another area or two, which means more area directors so I don't know how that would affect the finances per se, but um, I also feel like if you did more areas, you would have less travel within your area. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. So it could balance out in the end. Um, but I mean, you got West Virginia in with Michigan. Yep. So yeah, Rick still said he he. It'd be interesting to see like wherever in Kentucky there up to Michigan, like the top of Michigan. Yeah. You mean Rick how Steele long said it would he take? thought he had the long, like longest distance in, in any of the areas. Really? Like North to South. Yeah. The Sacramento, hmm. the area two one might be, might be more, probably more. I, I would think so. Yeah. But I mean, 
I mean, he's just going north-south, so maybe that's what he means. But I would still say I could find one in Washington down to Vegas. Oh, yeah. That, that would definitely be longer. So, But still, I mean, he's got a point. It's long. And, I mean, look, even Area 3, Matt, if you're all the way at the bottom of Missouri and you're going up to northern Minnesota or into North Dakota, again, that's a long – well, you guys held – well, it was in Nebraska – which yeah, it was five. Bad. It was five hours from KC to Area Three. It's like six to seven from KC to Minneapolis. That's okay. pretty much the farthest north that their major like matches really. You but know, how the, many? Go ahead, Tyler. I was just going to say the, you know, the other angle of this, is the representation factor of our board. And it's not proportional to the membership. Um, so even apart from geography, if we're just looking at like proportional representation, we don't have that. Like, And it's not even particularly close. Um, Area 6 is the biggest by number. And uh, AD6 gets the same vote as uh, Area 1 or Area 3. The, the, the membership numbers can vary pretty significantly between the different areas. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, you know, the, the difference in the, the House of Representatives and, and the Senate, you know. Right. Uh, Rhode Island has two senators um, that counterbalance our two Georgia senators yeah, or um, California. Yeah. We're California. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's another thing that I have thought about in the past, uh, not too deeply, but it is interesting that we don't really have uh, a representative governance, I guess, for, for lack of a better word. Um, it, it, it's much more just the, the, purely geographical uh, type, you know, you get, you get one representative um, no matter what proportion of the USBSA membership you represent. So it's probably the wrong time to, to start uh, that conversation and, and start <laughs> blowing up. No, I wouldn't even want to get in the debate on how to, yeah. and then how but, do you, uh, how it is do you interesting. enact the change if there is any? Right. I tell yeah. you one thing, I, I don't want more uh, area directors. <laughs> I know that for certain. <laughs> if anything, we need fewer. Oh, that's hysterical. Just combine them. We should only have four. <laughs> well, see, and that's the other thing. You can't do it at large either. Because you you're going you're gonna to have nine or you're going to have uh, eight area directors from area six. Oh, yeah. So yeah. You can't do it. Mm. You can't do it at large. If if you were going to create like the perfect representative uh, board, you would have to find some way to combine those two systems. You kind of need like a House of Representatives and a Senate. But like I said, right. I don't want more people <laughs> on the board. So don't Ask take that as chaos. a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll we'll delete that before it goes yeah. live. <laughs> it's just interesting. Uh, it, it is. And, and 
you know, every time I look at the map, I'm like, I wonder what, you know, so it's just one of those topics. It's like adding curiosity type of a, of a thing, but maybe 10 years down the road, it does change. Who knows? Yeah. It's driving me crazy about the, uh, the world shoot matches. What in the world? Oh, here, I know what it was. Have you guys, we will get a little political, I guess, but internationally. So South Africa is selected for the next, the 2025 world shoot. Now they've had some issues here in the past and it seems to be continuing. Um, and if you've listened to any of Steve Anderson's podcast, when he travels to South Africa, they don't just go directly from the airport to home. They basically use evasive maneuvers to, to travel so that they're not followed and, and so on and so forth. So should there be concerns for, I have, I do know of one, maybe two people who have said they will not go to South Africa for the world shoot. Should USPSA members be concerned or should that just be something they keep in mind, understand their situation and then go and compete? I don't see it. So I've heard stories along the same lines of like when you get your guns from the carousel, you got to like load up and you travel in groups and you don't like travel alone, like single cars and stuff like that of people that come through that airport there and leave. I think the match location is actually quite far away from Johannesburg. So I think like as long as people get out of there, fine. I, I doubt it'll be an issue. Okay. I'm not super concerned about it. And I guess it, it remains to be seen, you know, what, what IPSC is going to do as far as precautions and, and security measures, or if it, it truly is just, you know, you're on your own. Um, or if that falls to the individual national teams to uh, concern themselves with security. But, uh, you know, I consider myself a fairly risk averse person. Um, and yeah, it, it gives me pause. Um, that'll just, you know, first of all, I, I have to create for myself at least the right of refusal of a slot. So I don't want to sound presumptuous like i'm i'm going no matter what it, that remains to be seen but i'm going to try for it and that'll be part of my decision process is you know as we get closer to the match what's going on um in the host country at that time and i guess i'll, I'll just have to make a risk assessment at that time but uh yeah i you know let's 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 call it what it is like <laughs> we're we're the wrong skin color <laughs> you create by being white, you have a target on your back in certain places in the world and South Africa. That's the case. So, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and not, yes, but I'm looking at the, the state department website and it says exercise increased caution in South Africa due to crime and civil unrest. That's what you're talking about. Uh, violent crimes such as armed robbery, rape, carjacking, mugging, and smash-and-grab attacks on vehicles is common. 
There's a higher risk of violent crime in the central business districts of major cities, cities after dark. Demonstrations, protests, and strikes occur frequently. So, you know, getting caught up in something like that could be uh, devastating. So, yeah, well, it's just something. And, yep, and to play a game, you know, that's the other thing to, to shoot straight about. Like, it, I'm not going to risk my life you know, or my well-being to play a game, no matter, I mean, the, the world shoot is important. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm not getting paid to shoot. Uh, my life doesn't depend fundamentally on shooting. I, I would love it to happen. But, uh, you know, if it's, like I said, if, if, if I do a risk assessment and, you know, the, the cons outweigh the pros, then, you know, it, it won't kill me to, to say no to South Africa. I was hoping when, when they were announcing uh, the venues for the next few cycles, I was hoping it would be like Western or Eastern Europe or maybe the uh, Scandinavian countries. I think that would be cool, but they get all the, the, like the rifle bolt shoots and stuff. They do. They seem to get all that. Matt, you looked like you were going to say something. No, no. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> something totally now, unrelated and would totally sidetrack this so oh okay all right ehc so basically real quick ehc just released their squad matrix and they have four squads per day at 25 minutes per stage as a stage rotation so they have like from 7 30 to 10 as the squad matrix for six stages and how many people are on a squad? I don't know that. They haven't released it. Oh, okay. Yet. Okay. That's pretty short, 25 minutes. That's really quick. But I mean, if if you said that they were trying to at World Shoot, you said what, keep it to two and a half minutes a shooter? Well, I think that's what USPSA uses. Okay. I mean, that's what, 22 and a half minutes for yeah. 10 shooters? So uh, I'm suspecting they'll have eight person squads and it'd be the same amount of people. If the normal 16, it, this doesn't make any sense to me, but yeah, actually it'd be 25 minutes for 10. Yeah. This so doesn't make any it's sense. A 10 minutes or 10. Shouldn't even said anything. It's just weird. <laughs> Back to South Africa. Dang it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Has anybody been pushing to try to get it back to the States or has there even been conversation? Have you guys heard? I thought there was a bid in when they chose South Africa, but I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. They usually rotate I, it like the Americas one, and then it goes to Asia, Australasia area one year and then Europe. So it kind of rotates around. I think it's due. Okay. Well, it was just in Thailand. Now it's in Europe or in kind of European continents. Uh, maybe Europe or US, like America's next. They kind of rotate it around that way. They don't like keep it always in Europe. Prairie Fire, they're, they're opening. It's like a grand reopening of the old front sight range with some enhancements and uh, improvements. I know they're looking to do a, uh, what is it, like a destination, try to become a destination range where 
you know, a family can go there and, and you don't even just have to shoot. You can be riding four wheelers and, and they have a whole ropes course. I guess that might be a carryover. I'm not sure. Um, but now they're doing a long range mile, mile shoot range and, and other stuff. Um, I'm wondering if something like that, cause I know at some point they've talked about wanting to add like hotels or something like on the property or right nearby so that you can base it almost like Disney, you know, you go, you stay in the hotel and you're right there. Disney for um, guns. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. But I could see if they were to ever get to that point, that would be a pretty easy way to sell the U.S. as a world shoot location because you have Vegas. Forty, The airport, technically, according to Google Maps, is 54 minutes away from um, the range. So you're less than an hour from a major airport that takes in flights from around the world. And then you would have accommodations basically on site. I think it'd be hard to to argue against that. It would be that was previously gunsight, right? Yeah, yeah, guns. No, not gunsight. Um, front, front sight. Front sight. Front sight. Yeah, front sight. Gunsight's in Arizona. Oh, hmm. I don't know. I think there's destinations like that now, though. Isn't the NRA winning in center is like that in New Mexico? It's a good question. I don't know. I have not been there. I mean, Camoyo was a possibility, right? It was. If just Colorado <laughs> would play along with us. <laughs> Everybody, uh, those darn states have to be so difficult. All right. Anything? Uh, are you guys aware of anything new in the training world? Um, I know that like, uh, PSTG is big on the um, the dot, occluding the dot, and doing a bunch of that. Is there anything new out there that you guys are aware of? I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head right yeah. now. Not really. It's it's the same same arguments, you know. Just rehashed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, occluding the dots, dumb. <laughs> no, occluding the dots, the best thing ever. Like. It's all individual preference. Same, same arguments. Yeah. When's occluding irons going to come in? Oh, have you not seen? You didn't see person? it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Do I want to? Yeah. No. No, I don't. No. I don't want to. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ben. Ben got some device. Um, yep. That uh, is an irons occluder. Uh, hold on a second here. Let me. Let me see if I can share this real quick. Yeah, let me find it. Uh, where the heck is search at? There it is. How'd they get it to fit in holsters? It won't. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sounds totally useful. Uh, let me see. No, no. It might only be in his... Oh, nope. Here it is. Oh, I can share it with you, Matt. All right. Here we go. It's just like a block in front of the front sight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, let me see. There you go. Oh, wow. shoot! I can I can fix this. Oh, we can still see it fine. Yeah, so you can see the. It it doesn't occlude the end of the barrel. You can still see your and there's yeah. the view. Yeah, I can so see it can, now. Yeah. 
Interesting. Okay. So you can, yeah, so you can still see the dot, but you can't. I still feel like, though, you still see enough of the target maybe that I don't know how much benefit. It might help some. Yeah. I, there's, yeah your, so there's your answer. It's a pure training tool, right? You can't use yeah. that like in matches because you can't put it in the holster. So, Correct. Uh, maybe yeah now. maybe valuable right i just pick yeah, my dot up and, shoot and put the inclusion on that if i want to like hyper focus in on target focus training at least all right well matt well tyler if you hear this thank you uh matt <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah thank you i appreciate you coming on as a fun conversation so it's a good time thanks for having me on oh my pleasure all the time until next time don't be a little bitch. Yeah.